The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. It, it said coffee, so I have to have a cup of coffee. You said it. I love coffee. All right, man, shut Yes, good morning. It is uh, Friday, your favorite day of the week, Friday, January 5th, 2024. Uh, Bracing for some really crazy weather here in the United States. Uh, The entire lower 48 is due to get some crazy weather this week. Um, I think some of the Southwest has already started to see blizzards and whatnot. We're going to get tornadoes. We're going to get nor'easters. We're going to get, I don't know, any kind of uh, storm that you can imagine we're going to get. I think they've come up with some new, uh, like, snow snow tornado type stuff. And uh, I don't know. They're they coming up with new storm because I think weathermen got bored is what happened. Anyway, I'm still a little sick, still very sick, but <clears throat> I'm here for you. I uh, Yesterday, uh, after the show, I went back into my cocoon and uh, basically stayed there until this morning. So uh, I don't really uh, know much about what's going on in the world. Uh, today, we have a good show today, I think. Uh, Nizma Osman, I hope I'm saying that right, who's a songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, and uh, and all all that kind of stuff, uh, is going to talk to us about how to make money in music and how to, how to music business works now. Uh, so I should be uh, interested in that, and I hope you will be too. Um, if you're old like me, and actually older than me would be better, <laughs> I'm thinking I wish I was, uh, I never wanted to be uh, almost 15 years older than I am until last night. And listen, it all kind of it depends on if Nikki Haley gets her way and becomes president. Uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, Jesus, I don't even know. Here, here's what happened. She had a town hall uh, thing with Ron DeSantis last night, and she said that she would pardon Trump even if he's guilty 
because it doesn't matter if you're guilty. We can't have 80-year-olds in jail. Now, I'm thinking, if I'm 80 or close to 80, that is carte blanche to do whatever you want. Do Literally, do whatever you want. You can break any law you want. We can't have 80-year-olds sitting in jail. Oh, man, who's on my murder list? Because there's a ton of people I would start off in. Hey, hey, I'm going to be 80, man. No jail for me. Uh, Also, white-collar crime, Bernie Madoff people, those people who just, you know, screw the system. They're all old anyway. Can't put them in jail. Uh, She actually said that. We can't have 80-year-olds in jail. And so, for me, uh, I would just ask her, does that mean... I can do anything. If Let's say I'm 79. By the time it gets to trial anyway, I'm going to be 80. I can't be in jail at 80. You just said so. Uh, astonishing. Astonishing cult-like. Uh, now, they would put Biden in jail. No, no, don't question it for a second. Biden is uh, 80, over 80. And uh, if given a chance, they would put Biden in jail in a second. So... Really bullshit. I'm I'm not suggesting. Let me just stay, uh, pull the reins in here a little bit. I'm not suggesting if you're 79 years old. Uh, first of all, Nikki Haley's not going to win anyway. Uh, but I'm not suggesting that if you're 79 years old that you should actually go out and commit these crimes. I'm just being a little ridiculous here about what her statement really means. So if you're 79, keep it in your pants. Don't go out. <laughs> Don't go out playing with your pecker in public today thinking oh i could do whatever i want i don't know why you would become jordan peterson uh but whatever um it's just crazy she also said that you know she said uh last week about the civil war uh was inaccurate but she can't be racist because she had black friends growing up Uh, I don't even I, I don't even want to touch that. Uh, but she should just shut up. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I keep saying here's the thing. I got to stop saying here's the thing. The Republican Party, uh, she's moving up in the prime. She's only a few points behind Trump right now in the uh, polls uh, for the primaries. And she's their second best. She's the, the second best they got. You can see why they would think that Trump is the only thing they have when you have what's the second best. Is that stupid? Anyway, um, so, you know, speaking of of having black friends growing up, uh, Willie had black friends growing up. No, he didn't. Willie had no black. No, no, I didn't. He didn't even see a black person until he was 45. Uh, No, 12. 12. Close enough. All right. Close enough. And uh, I will. uh, That's only. That's I will rent out my black friend to Nikki Haley. If she needs a black friend, I have one for rent. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, but good morning, gentlemen. Uh, good morning. Mind dog coffee. I don't always drink coffee, but when I do, it puts a song in my heart, a pep in my step, and probably gets me rented out to Nikki Haley. Mind dog coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Speaking of uh, having a song in your heart, when when I was in prison, one day Grease was on the television 
And you got to you got to listen to your TV through headphones. You're not allowed to have it like out loud or whatever. But I was singing along with all the songs and my cellmate was getting kind of bitchy about it. And during one of the commercial breaks, he was like, do you really have to sing every song? And I was like, what is life if you don't have a song in your heart? And he was like, I don't care if it's in your heart. Just quit letting it come out your mouth. Yeah, That's a good point. Uh, yeah, especially you know musicals and stuff like that. I'm on the song yeah. side. I'm on the song. Especially, especially in prison, like prison is not the place for musicals, really. I yeah. mean, although although <laughs> that'd be a fun off. musical to make, make a musical that's about being in prison. Oh my god, that'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, you know what? You might be onto something there. But uh, yeah, forget. no, that guys and dolls. Didn't Elvis do something? What, what, well, rock. yeah, Jailhouse Rock, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, Chicago yeah, in the day. Chicago. Yeah. Oh, all right. So yeah. it's been done. <laughs> I don't pay attention anyway. Um, man, I'm. I got some fever going. On. I give me fever. Um, fever. I, yeah, that too. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I I think being sick is a good thing. Not not when you're going through it. But I think at the end of it, because what I well, I think at the end of this, I'm going to be a brand new old man. Uh, it it definitely has a cleansing, uh, you know, cleaning yeah, out. Sure. So it's part of it's it's a an important part of life is getting sick and dealing with this stuff. For so whatever it is, uh, I'm trying to put a positive spin on feeling like to- totally like shit and not. I, uh, I I feel like I get more creative, especially if I have a temperature. <laughs> like, like, like if I have a fever going on, like, like I might come up with some really radical shit. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, you know, it, it is uh, uh, now. Uh, I don't know if you heard what I said. At forty-eight, the lower forty-eight is all everybody. I can imagine what you're gonna get up there in South Dakota, where everybody's yeah. gonna get some, some shitty weather. Uh, but even New Mexico, where I, where where. And Grants, Grants was, I think, listed to get like four inches, but I bet you they get more like eight. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Craig Craig was posting some video from Albuquerque yesterday. And I was like, you know what? Because Craig was born and raised in Chicago. Like, Craig, (laughs) what what happened to Chicago, Craig? Is he even still alive? Because Chicago Craig would just like laugh that off as flurries. I could see Mexico freaking out about it, but. Um, yeah, no, everybody. Well, I mean, they the one thing about a place like New Mexico when they get snow is they don't have the equipment to deal with it, so it's a much bigger fucking problem. Yeah, yeah, and you got people that just don't know people that don't know how. Yeah, to they have no clue how to function in it or anything like that. But plus, yeah, like not having road crews, like they might have one fucking uh street plow. In Grants, New Mexico, you know, maybe Albuquerque's got a few more, but probably not. They don't keep those kind of items because they're tech. They're really not supposed to deal with that shit, you know. Right um, now, the the uh, inventing of new storm names, uh, you guys, yeah, because uh, there's thunder snow now. I forget what there was something. Well, else. In a, a snow squall is something that I've seen in the last few years that I'd it, never heard of before. Yeah, uh, like, which those are fucking really dangerous. A snow squall is fucking terrible. 
I thought that was like an Indian woman. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not a squaw. Not a, no squaw. Which I, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to. That's not a usable word anymore. Do we but, yeah. You can't say squaw or snow. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a snow squall is like, um, basically, it's like a hurricane of snow, it sounds like. I don't know, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm giving some free advertising to a, a podcast promoter or whatever this person is. Hello, sorry for bothering you. I want to offer you promotion for your channel, but I, I'm going to send you a bill for this, by the way. Uh, Almighty Kampf O. Uh, who's on Twitter? <laughs> oh, sorry for bothering you. I want to offer promotion for your channel. I'm not buying viewers, uh, followers, views. What, what do you mean? Uh, chatbots, chatbots. What you know, what's mm. a chatbot? You, you guys know, I think that's a, I think that's an AI a box that you chatted. Yeah, yeah, that would write material for you or something. The what? price is lower than any competitor. The quality is guaranteed to be the best, flexible, and convenient on the management panel, chat panel. Everything is in your hands. Turn it on, off, customize. No, I don't want fake bots. Uh, right. But uh, now you can send your uh, advertising uh, uh, fee. I will send you an invoice. Just give me the address, and you just got like 30 seconds of free advertising on the show. And uh, I hope nobody buys anything from you. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of nobody buying anything, if, if if we have the time, I do have a critical joke theory. It's six minutes and 42 seconds, though. You're not going to do it live. You just refuse to do it live. It's not a matter of refusing to do it live. I look at the, the, the consequences of me doing it live, and I don't want to face them. I bet you it will go over much better live. And people... <laughs> People tune out whenever we play videos. I mean, I could see a commercial. People will hang in for a one-minute commercial. But you see, the, you see, especially on the radio side, I see people just dropping off the minute we go to anything. Okay, we don't have to do it, tape. you know, because oh. I didn't start doing it for you. I just did it for me, but I was offering it to you. Yeah, so. I get it. But, yeah. it, it uh, you know, it's, it definitely would, would be better live no doubt about it people would be more engaged and, and listen to it if, rather I, than if i felt out. confident about doing it live i would do it live but i don't i'm not confident we'll, that I we'll give him a pep talk okay, we'll do it live we'll do it live okay. Okay, first of all it's yeah, bill o'reilly yeah well <laughs> i don't know anything about comedy and i know even less about um operating multiple pieces of equipment at one time um it's not like playing guitar and singing. That I can do. I'm not he, saying well, but I'm comfortable. I feel comfortable enough doing that live. I'm gonna pass out. Um, I really am. I just got like. Oh, Are you all right, bro? Uh, it's what it is. You know what? Uh, Drink some mind dog coffee. Like a cold towel. I am having Put a cold mind towel coffee. on your head. Try here's some the, tea. Here's. I'm not gonna say. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Everybody Good thing you didn't say it. Good thing you didn't. Say it. I know. Everybody who was at my New my Year's podcast. gig. I mentioned that everybody at the New Year's gig was over 50 years old. Uh, yeah. And Mikey said, uh, his doctor where he, because he runs a healthcare facility, said the main doctor there said flu is everywhere. Everybody's getting it. It's really, really bad. Yeah. And uh, I know I got it there. So somebody there had it, and they were all dancing close together. Now, people are going to die because uh, there were some 80-year-olds. Right. and uh, So, yeah. Some it's really irresponsible it, yeah. to go out. I canceled my gig for uh, I agree. Sunday. You know, I, I'm not doing the gig Sunday because even though I've, I'm counting on being better by Sunday, I might still be contagious, and I'm not going to go out there and 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 spread right. it around. 
Thank you for doing that, by the way. Because, like, dude, it like my sister is one of those people that when she's sick, she doesn't stay home. She'll still go out and have contact with people and shit. And I don't agree with that, especially especially in today's society. Like, if you're fucking sick, stay the fuck home. Right. Uh, up, uh, Mike Shavola got it there too. And I was telling uh, Mikey last night because they were going to play pickleball last night. I told Mikey to get in because uh, Shavola was picking up Mikey, and I told uh, Mikey to get in his truck with it, wearing a mask and give him the old cootie bug thing. He's like, stay away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. The other part of this is my wife has somebody contracted to come to the house today to work on electric stuff. And uh, she said, should I call him and tell him? First, she wanted to know if I should get COVID tested. I was like, what difference does it make if I have COVID or the flu? I'm, I'm sure it's the flu because the flu is going around. It's re- and, and it was in the room that I was in. But what difference does it make if it's COVID or the flu? The, it, the danger level is pretty much the same right now. I mean, yeah. and uh, the contagious level, the pathogen level is pretty much the same so what difference does it make i just tell them not to come here because i'm i'm sick and probably contagious uh but it doesn't matter what you got if it's bad enough it, just stay away she didn't do that uh, they, she called the guy and he's willing to risk it so i was like you know <laughs> i need i need the commission <laughs> that's stupid yeah you need the money i can't do you need the money you don't want to be out of work um but it is it's a mistake um anyway uh so our guest is here i want to play a commercial uh before we we get to meet her uh because we were talking about uh gd just mentioned that he doesn't know anything about comedy but do you know anything about music in the music business do you even less even less well i've had longer to fail at it too (laughs) well maybe she'll be of some help to you then uh, if you want to actually uh, do something productive and uh, up your game a little bit. Maybe she has some advice that will help you. Um, well, I know what she's going to say. She's going to say the same thing that everybody else told me. Get some talent. Get some you talent. Know, yeah, get some talent first. And I'm then... not sure. I'm not sure about that because there are plenty of people without any talent. Listen, Vanilla Ice just killed it at uh, Mar-a-Lago this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but, he's, but he's white. There's too much. I can't. I can't. As a black man, I can't. just jump into the music industry without talent. I'm competing against people like Beyonce and Jay Z and Sierra, and I didn't even know Sierra existed oh. until yesterday. I think. And I find out she's exi- She not only that she exists. She's been doing this shit since she was like 13 months old. You know, she came up. She came out the womb breakdancing and shit. Wow. So I, I can't. No, I, I've got too much to compete with. You could all, all be, there's an opening for uh, Nikki Haley's backup band. Uh, if you want to, anyway. uh, uh, Backup band? Backup band, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I said that the way I'm feeling this morning. Anyway, uh, uh, Mr. Geronimo's here. Would you like to hear from Mr. Geronimo? Sure. I'm, I should get my cowboy hat. Where's my cowboy hat so I can like hang out with Mr. Geronimo? I have, anyway, a, Mr. I have a fedora and a fez. Those are two hats I have. Or maybe a, a leprechaun hat. You should Do get it. You should get a cowboy hat. How'd you get a leprechaun hat? That's it's what like, I want to know. Who's the guy in the cowboy hat? That, that's technically, it's not mine. It's my urns. It belongs to my urn. Um, <laughs> my urn gets dressed up for different holidays. At least he used to. All right, let's say let's hear who from is Mr. in Geronimo. the urn. It, eventually, me. It's my urn for me. Uh, it's, it's an empty urn. You it, keep an empty urn in your house. 
Well, if it was full, I wouldn't be on this show because it's my urn. <laughs> it's, right. it, it's his Uncle Ernie. Anyway. Hey there, I'm Mr. Geronimo, product manager for Tracy's Dog. What is Tracy's Dog? Well, for 50 bucks, we send you a high quality sex toy right to your door. Yeah, 50 bucks. Are our toys any good? No. They're fing amazing. Yeehaw! Each toy is made with body safe silicone. We are constantly evolving and innovating our product line. They are built for one thing, to shake your world with orgasms you ain't never seen before. Do you like spending $100 for your sex toy? 80 of it goes to retail. What about bumping into your family while at the sex toy shop? Good taste. Get the pleasure you deserve without broadcasting your secrets. And think of all the money we're gonna be saving you. Uh, orgasms you ain't never seen before. I've never seen an orgasm. Uh, you don't see them. You feel them. You don't see them. Well, if uh, you record them. I mean, no, sometimes you see them. Sometimes sometimes they look like they're having a seizure. Uh, and that's kind of unseen an orgasm, in my opinion. Like, it's, <laughs> well, see, I, like, think that's, I think it's like the wind. You don't see the wind, but you see the repercussions. <laughs> you see where the wind has been. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, you don't you don't see the thing, but you can feel the tap outs when they tap your chest and like they tap out and stuff. I'm sorry. That, uh, I that, I, oh, yeah, it's fine. I mean, we education is what we're all about here, and we're learning new things. Uh, but uh, uh, it's I have the same shirt as Mr. Geronimo. I I have the same hat. I have the same shirt. I don't think I could do the uh, yeehaw quite the way he does. That. And you don't have the sleeves that he has. Well, you'd, you mean? you'd get the, the right yeehaw and you'd get one of those um, you, for you For you old people, the tattoos and one of the arms like that. I didn't even notice his tattoos. I, I should. You know, there's a lot I don't notice. Yeah, but it's I called the notice. sleeve. You old people don't know about that stuff. Actually, uh, s- sleeves are, are uh, for sale now. They, you have those fake uh, tattoos. Yeah, sleeves. yeah, you can get fake uh, <laughs> yeah. tattoo sleeves. Yes. That's right. Uh, they had those. I remember that was one of my favorite episodes of The Big Bang Theory. When uh when Wallowitz and Raj went out to the goth club and they, and they were wearing fucking fake arm tattoos. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, fucking hilarious shit. All right, it's time to meet our, our first guest this morning. Um, you know I'm notorious for butchering people's names, and I apologize in advance. I'm gonna just gonna blame this on the flu. Uh, Nizma Osman, I, ho- I hope that's right, is a songwriter, producer, vocalist, entrepreneur, feminist, and more. Since 2005, she's been writing, producing songs for herself and other artists and for sync licensing, which I am really, uh, really curious about how you get placed in TV shows, movies, and uh, commercials and things like that. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and welcome in, Nizma Osman. Uh, Nizma, good morning. I hope I said your name right, did I? Yeah, I think so. Nisma. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Good for me. Yeah. Uh, so um, people like GD, he just said, I need some talent. Do you need talent to make it in the music business to make money? No, not much. You just, <laughs> just need half a brain and the, the ability to kind of stick to something long enough. Yeah, that's what he's missing. Uh, you know, that definitely cuts him out. He's only got like uh, three-eighths of a brain. Oh, yeah. well, then you have that. Then you're I have ganglia. I have just a bunch of ganglia where there should be a brain. <laughs> um, 
See, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, we, there's a billion excuses I've made and people like me have made over the years about why uh, we've never succeeded big, bigger than our, uh, than our level of success in music. Uh, yeah. and, and I think uh, what it comes down to almost always is really excuse making or uh, decisions. Like for me, I am happy being an independent uh, and not being aligned with, with any record company. I wouldn't have said that when I was young, when there were record companies, I, w yeah. I wanted a record deal, but if people go out out of their way and they base their whole life on getting signed, getting signed. Now the music industry has changed so much that it's all about stream numbers and all that, but you can't make any money on that. So yeah. I think just go out and gig. What is your best advice to somebody who wants them to, to support themselves in music? Yeah. Do sync licensing. That's my best advice. I mean, now, gigging is great too, but it's more labor intensive. Yeah, it it seems like um, a puzzle to to a lot of people because what I know what I've noticed is there are lots of people who will shop your music for uh, sync licensing, but they demand upfront fees and all that kind of stuff. What is the best approach to getting started with that? That's those are scammy people that you want to avoid. Uh, you don't need to pay to play with sync licensing. I, so, so I, I just don't I don't know what sync licensing is. I really don't. This oh, is not, sure. this okay. Is not, you know, this is, I'll give I you the really 411. Okay. All right. So basically sync licensing is the very simple process of having a song or composition of yours placed on a film or TV show or commercial. So, you know, when you hear a Target commercial and you hear the music underneath, that song has been placed in that target commercial and it's that process. So basically why it's called sync licensing is because target has to procure a license to use that song. And fortunately uh, they have to pay big bucks to do that. So that's where the musicians come in and they end up hopefully making some good cheddar on that deal. I mean, that's a, you know, a target deal is going to pay more than your average deal, but you get the idea. Yeah. So was it always called sync like was it always called sync licensing or was it called something else when I was growing up and I just didn't realize there was a term terminology change? I mean, I've only heard heard it referred to as sync licensing or music licensing. Yeah, but you're only 21 years old. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm yeah, just, I mean I'm just <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, it's possible, but I mean things were different, you know, technologically. You're the old guy. You know, you're the old guy. What was it called back when you were a kid? Well, it was called sync licensing oh, by okay. professionals, but you know, the general consumers just called it music placement or getting getting your song placed in a film or television yeah. show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, see, I know the long title. Getting yeah. yourself placed. Okay, but that's the term I one know. Of, one of the classic uh, classic examples of, of that turning into like a pop success is Lisa Loeb with uh, Stay. Uh, got Ethan Hawke, I believe. Play, uh, Ethan, I, every time I say Ethan, like, um, is it Hawke? Yes, it's Hawke. Placed her song "Stay" in a movie, and it became a number one hit at just out of yeah. that. Uh, you know, that's a whole other uh, extension of sync licensing. But yeah. for me, because I'm on a bunch of sites where I license music, but generally the the fees are like ridiculously low, like fifteen dollars uh, to use my music, and you get uh, royalty free forever. And I'm placing yeah. a lot of stuff, but I mean, there's I'm not making a living. I could not live off of that ever. No, and uh, that's a different. That's like a different. That's like the small fish in a large pond version of sync licensing, and what I do and what I teach people to do is to figure out how to become 
a medium-sized fish in a smaller pond, a.k.a. build relationships with licensing agencies who are the people uh, that submit the music on your behalf. So they curate more selective, smaller libraries of music, and they have relationships more directly with the music supervisors whose job it is to select the music ultimately. So there's, you know, like everything, it's a spectrum. You know, you have your your pay-to-play sites and you're making $15 on the placement. And that's easier because there's no barrier to entry, right? You just need to sign up, give right. them your credit card info, and you're in. And that's great, but that means you and a million other people are in too. And But then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is what I have found to be more effective, but takes more legwork to be able to kind of build those relationships. And that's actually getting out, building those relationships with licensing agents and agencies and, uh, you know, building your reputation, consistently delivering good music. And ultimately it's, it's a, it's a relationship that you have going that, that, you know, that's what gets you in the door for those, those larger placements and those, you know, those more, those bigger opportunities. I was going to say it like anything else in the world, it really is about people leading to people and being able to uh, build relationships. But a lot of creative people, uh, especially in the music business, are really introverted and, and yeah. uh, uh, it's hard to become a people person, but it is all about, you have to force yourself to be more of a social uh, butterfly in in within industry terms uh ha, ha, what's your advice on getting started there, to be able to kind of get over that first hump and say uh i need to be able to talk to people and i'm i've never done it before because i i got into music to hide behind a guitar right <laughs> I think there's a little bit of mindset work that you have to do just understanding and accepting the fact that if you want to have financial success in music, you're going to have to be willing to learn how to do business and, and business is really relationships and learning how to talk to people. So I would say step one is to just kind of sit with yourself, have a come to Jesus talk with yourself and, and just make sure you're, you're able to digest the fact that that's what you're going to have to do if you want to have some financial success. And then the second step is start small, you know, start with the people in your network, uh, people that you're already semi comfortable with a friend or a, a, you know, a colleague and just, just start having those conversations, uh, those networking conversations uh, so that you start to understand that networking really, it's not, it's not a value grab or a, you know, a, a transaction. It's a, it's a, it's a relationship and, and it teaches you those kind of how to get money out of the picture when you're building those relationships, even though you both know in the back of your minds, it's about that so right. it's a balance and, and it takes practice, but really I would say it's all about having that mindset uh, pre-established before you even go into any sort of interaction. Okay. okay this one, you, you mentioned come, having a come to Jesus moment, but what if you're like a Buddhist or a Hindu? You and come to Hindu. I do. Okay. Come I, to I wait. Who's the Hindu god? Uh, well, you I could have a, a Shiva. I guess come to Shiva. Moment Shiva. Yeah. Come to, to Shiva. Come to okay. Buddha. Sure. Yeah, okay. Come yeah, to I'm self. Come. Whatever you want to call it. Okay. I just didn't know there was like only one path. You know, I because I really don't like things like that. Where there's only only one way to do it. You have to come to Jesus. God you forbid, Allah. You know. Create. You yeah. Right. To, yeah. You go to create any path you want. Yeah. I, I wrote a song two nights ago in my fevered state. 
uh, and it, it, I'm just gonna get I'm, this little self plug here, and yeah, I'm putting out lyrics. Um, it says I was talking to Jesus and uh, I, I, talking to Jesus, uh, Buddha, and Allah, and the rest. And I uh, told him there was some confusion about who was the best. And the answer they gave me was simple but hard to understand. They said, just live your life and do the best that you can. Uh, nice. so, but That's you know, good. My, yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I, I told know. you that fever helps that creative side. Yeah, I know. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And then um, Muhammad walked in with a bomb strapped to his chest and goes, no, you're all you're all wrong. Kaboom. No. Now, this is really turned uh, sidetracked. <laughs> Um, do you work with people one-on-one or you offer courses? How do people, how do you counsel people on this stuff? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I mean, I, so I, my, my main thing is that I offer like a, a one-year group coaching, but I do have one-on-one clients and I, I, you know, I've just the courses you can do. So whatever works for your situation, you know, financially time-wise, you know, personality-wise, there's a little bit of everything. Right. Um, now Willie would, would say that what I'm about to say is negative thinking, but, and I'm just wondering, I want to get your perspective on it. People who are, um, independent artists who think I'm just going to bypass the machine and put my stuff on Spotify and hope for the best and think that, that, that actually is going to accomplish something. Uh, I think you, you, you might as well play the lottery in my opinion. Uh, what, 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 what <laughs> What's your take on it? On I that? I actually think you'd have better luck playing the lottery. Um, <laughs> and that's because, the, I mean, you said bypass the machine, but the funny thing is Spotify now is the machine, right? So, you know, the streaming system has kind of taken over the music industry as the way for artists to kind of distribute their own music without a record label or without financial, you know, any financial backing or marketing. So... What I would say to that is, yeah, you are entering a huge pool of competition. I mean, just to give you a frame of reference, don't quote me on this exactly, but there's on average, I think, 40 to 50,000 songs, new songs uploaded to Spotify per day, right? Well, I'm so, going to quote you on that now. Now I'm going to quote it. That's a, yeah, that, that number it's, is official. Yeah, sure. Write it down. But it's <laughs> it's just, to, it's just it, so it goes without saying that you know, the competition is fierce, that the supply is significantly higher than the demand, right? I mean, nobody can listen to that much music. Um, right. So it's it's just, it's about figuring out how to actually maximize that system. But again, artists, they don't, they don't think about that in, in that way, like in a business perspective, in, in terms of how can I rise above the noise? And to do that, you really, you need a, a marketing system you need a marketing budget and so that's very complicated and hard to attain for most artists especially financially speaking which is why i tell them you know leave the spotify for later come and do the sync licensing because it's a more direct path to get seeing those returns and it's free promotion because when your song is on you know playing on the whatever it is you know there's thousands of people listening to it you know and you're being you're actually being paid for those people to listen to your music. So if you think about it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a no brainer, right? So. Do they identify you though? Because a lot of the old school was about building your audience and getting loyal fans. When you're in a sync thing, 
they have to do some research to find out who that was. It, it's yeah. it's work yeah. for the consumer then, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you're not going to get everybody who listens to it, but every every few people will, you know, Shazam the song yeah. and add it to their playlist. I Shazam. Mean, yeah. Now, <laughs> I totally it, forgot about that being a thing. Yeah, now, right. For for the for for uh, now I forgot what it's called sync licensing. Yeah. Yeah. Is if if you're let's say not Okay, I only do my own material as far as that stuff goes. But what if you like do cover songs? Does that make a difference? If you like, just it's not your music. You're singing someone else's song, and you're just trying to get that sync licensing, your own yeah. version of um, you know, it's a wonderful world or something. Totally, yeah. Covers are huge in sync licensing. Actually, a lot of companies uh, prefer to use covers because they're more affordable because they don't have to pay the original artist the licensing fee, which they have more negotiating power, right? So, you know, you think of a famous song, that person's going to say, no, give me a 100K as opposed to, uh, you know, you or me, you know, they'll be like, you know, we'll take what we can get, right? So, but there is a, there is a different legal process that you have to be aware of. You have to obtain permission. And then you, you do have to understand that you will only own the master, which means the recorded version, and you will not own any of the publishing. So you'll get less of that sync, uh, that sync licensing fee up front. But yes, covers are totally a, a good thing to do. Now, yeah. what if I cover one of my originals? Would that be <laughs> well, then that's, that's up to you to give yourself permission. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 you know, it's. Uh, I say this often, but uh, it's his last day on the program. So yeah, you know, you know, dude. Uh, oh, that's funny. Though. That's funny. It's, it's... From the artistic perspective, though, jeez, uh, how, how do I even say? This? Um, you know, beyond not everything is made for sync for sync license. Like not, people create the creative process is about a spiritual outlet and, and a need to communicate certain things and i think for the artists there are some things that lend themselves for sync licensing uh, and, and placement and all that kind of stuff but there are some things you write uh for for yourself or not for yourself but because i people we say for i wrote it for myself but you really want an audience to hear it uh do you talk anything about how uh, how people can actually reach an audience with something that is a little more substantial than, you know, just uh, um, McDonald's music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, it's a great question. And it's something that a lot of people wrestle with when they, when they want to get into sync is that like division of personalities, because there is an element of manufacturing that you have to do to write music for sync just because there's some rules that you have to play by. So like you can't, you can't use certain details in the music. Like you can't mention certain cities and things like that because it puts it too far into a, uh, it gets too specific and it right. can't be used, you know? Um, so you have to learn the rules and I, I teach people those rules, but it doesn't mean that you don't write music. That's, that's real or that that doesn't come from a real place. As a matter of fact, you don't want to, you don't want to get too far away from that, that place of sincerity because it comes across in the music. And then it sounds like you're trying to write music for film and TV, which right. is, 
is is a is no good, right? So it has to sound authentic because if you think about it, you know, what's the purpose of the music at all? It's to help the listener understand emotionally what's going on in the scene, right? Or how they should be True. feeling emotionally. So yeah. there has to be that level of emotional authenticity for the listener to connect, right? It can't sound like a jingle, you know, right. it, it can't sound like you're trying too hard. But so jingles are so balanced. catchy. <laughs> they no. are. And, and jingle writing is a whole different thing. That's sync licensing and jingle writing are two different Worlds. Now you, you mentioned one of the rules like you don't want to use like a city, but then there but there are songs that use like 90 cities, like yeah. Johnny Cash, yeah. I've been everywhere, man, and then uh <laughs> Lives of the Rock the radio rolled me with you know, and they yeah. mentioned like a hundred bands and stuff like that. So sure. you just can't mention a city, but if you mention them all, it works. <laughs> no, so I mean that's you're you're thinking about the exceptions to the rule, right? And Johnny Cash, you know. I'm just thinking about money. Be, I'm just yeah. Somebody would be cash. way more likely to 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 license a Johnny Cash song, even though it says, you know, ninety cities. It's just you just have to kind of learn, unless you're Johnny Cash and can write whatever you want and still get, you know, paid. For your music, you have to be more intentional about it in order to cut through that the noise. So you could be like a bail bondsman company, and because there are some huge ones out there, and you could do like Folsom Prison as your the sync song or whatever that's called. Your well, it's kind of like a comedy where you don't you you uh, you you don't want to be really topical unless you're willing to just burn the material because if you're doing a joke about what's happening in the news now six months from now it's not going to be you can't use that joke anymore right. or even at three weeks from now as long as you know uh where the lines are where you you know and what what it's going to cost you to <laughs> to be that way you know topical stuff that, and especially in sync writing you don't want to write something about that is topically about political stuff or any of that kind of stuff that's happening now for placement because the, by the time the film comes out or a television thing comes out it's it's old news already right um, it's about giving your song the best possible chance at a placement right it's looking so you, at it that way you've had music placed on dancing with the stars and I'm, I'm i'm really interested in this because dance music um i think ha that has a shelf life forever but i i would and i don't have a television so and i'm really cultural on hip i should state that up front so i don't know what's playing but i would think dancing with the stars and those those shows that a competition would use very um already established dance hits uh are they do they buy like new dance music and uh do you kind of tailor that to specific dances like we're well, doing a rumba <laughs> i don't to be honest i can't speak for dancing with the stars you know music strategy uh but i would assume that they, it's probably a mix and it's probably budget restraints that that you know incentivize them to use non-hit songs ah, uh, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're under a huge network. I think it's NBC, right? So it's you know, I, I'm sure NBC probably owns a lot of music that they can, you know, give them the rights to and you know more affordably or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a mix. Now you have a degree uh, in I'm assuming like jazz comp or something like that from Berkeley, right? In music and songwriting. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, now, th this is that important to the. Do you no. need... <laughs> I I hate to encourage people not to get an education, but uh, so many people I know who went to 
you know, music schools out there or film schools invested like tons of money and, and still paying off student loans in their in yep. the middle of their life. Uh, and really, I think what it does, and I'll let you speak to this, but I think what it does is give you the opportunity to start networking young. So that's yes, the, the big can. benefit of it. And that that's where it can give you a step up, especially in sync licensing, is you already know how to kind of uh, mix the press the flesh with other people in the industry. Yes? Yeah. I would say, you know, my music education, I value it. I still use pieces of it uh, today. But I would say you just have to manage your expectations and, and understand that, like anything, it's you get out what you put in and there's no magic pill for success or you know you know no magic thing um and yeah i mean you do you can network if you do if you go out and do it right i mean and it's just it's a numbers game too you know you bring five thousand people a year maybe a handful of them go on to do something really incredible using those connections so it's you know you just have to look at it from a larger perspective well i'm but, interested i'm a, I, you know um it's not like I have career expectations at this point. And I think this is important to set realistic expectations. I'm, I'm old and retired and basically, but I'm interested in, in sync licensing, not just for myself, but for uh, people like I am trying, who I'm trying to help uh, build careers and, and kind yeah. of get uh, financially uh, stable. So I just want to put this out there. It's uh, Nisma Osman dot com slash call and you can find out about getting synced and find out all about this stuff now when i was putting this into youtube i have a, a ai tool that helps me with keywords that uh will let people know what this is all about and one thing that came up was blueprint for success music and we work with Barry Katz, who does Blueprint for Success in Comedy. Are you in any way affiliated with him or anything like that? Because it was just surprising to me to see that that came up like. No, um, I have no. I've never heard of him. Interesting. Never heard of Barry Katz. Well, Barry Katz would be a good person because he's uh, probably been involved in a uh, hundred uh, television and film projects or all of which have been oh, cool. successful yeah but he's got a thing called blueprint for success and i would think what what you do ties perfectly into a complimentary thing because he's doing it for comedy okay so, cool so, yeah yeah I'll check but, that out yeah um so with, with people getting started with you basically it's a 15 minute consultation call is that how it yeah, we just talk and see, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm I'm not in the business of convincing people to get, you know, to do something they don't want to do. I'm just trying to understand if I can help you if you're if you're in the right, you know, headspace, you're in the right place in your life to be able to actually see a return on an on an investment in something like this. Um and that's it. Yeah, we just talk, we chat and I I just want to make sure I, that that I can actually help you see results. I, I appreciate that because there are so many people. I they seem predatory, predatory, yeah. predatory. <laughs> well, you know, predatory. Yeah. Uh, they they come on and then there's all these advertisements. Uh, you know, get, launch your music career in 90 days, guaranteed, and all you have to do is sign up for 395 hours today, and uh, you know, and all these courses that are out there. I think if I come out and say that. To be cautious about that to people again people like will will say ah negative thinking like no i just <laughs> I've, I've i've been taken enough times in my life and and, and made that mistake that you know there's get get rich quick schemes and yeah 
uh, in music business. Um, so it's good to hear that you know, you know, it's not a, it's not that. No, uh, it's not. Yeah. Uh, and again, you're not trying to convince people because, especially young people, I come in with. I do what I do, and this is what I've always done, and I, I'm, and these are my goals. But they're not willing to change anything. But they right. want they want the the rewards of uh, of somebody who has actually changed something. I had somebody like that on my when we were first doing uh, Roku, uh, Roku TV channel. A guy who had done the same television show for twenty years and never got any traction with it. He wanted to put it on my thing and said, "Well, how do I?" How do I get more interested? I said, you got to do what people uh, want. You, you can't yeah. do what you want. <laughs> you have yeah. to do what the consumer wants. And, you know, well, I can't change that. I can't change who I am. Well, then you don't. You have yeah, to be- then the, the natural consequence is you don't see a return. And that's right. fine. I mean, right. it depends what you want, right? It's all about what you want out of life. You know, Set do you want expect- to do the thing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, your expectations yeah. should match uh, what the effort that you're willing to put in. Right. Exactly. Right. What you're willing to do will often say what you're what you actually want. You know, right. you can, you can say you want something all you want, but if you're not willing to put in the effort or make an adjustment to get that thing, then you don't really want it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about uh, the actual the business side you you you're uh, helping people with? But do you actually counsel them on the Artist, not artistic stuff, but production and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the- we do everything. Was we start with music because the music is the product, right? I mean, the business stuff is just you can read it and learn about it. It's just information, but the music that is the skill is the commodity that's going to get you the placement. So we hone in on that and figure out, you know, how close you are. You know, if you want to scale it out, for example, you know how close you are to to writing sync worthy music, so to speak, or music that's ready for placement. Right. And we work on that and we, we get you, we figure out, you know, exactly what your strengths are, how to leverage those, what your weaknesses or, you know, your, what you're lacking. So, you know, in a nicer way, uh, and then teach you how to, how to find people who with complementary skills, team up, create, practice, iterate, and then we go on to the submission and the business stuff. What about uh, training the listener to appreciate? Here's my thing. I think mo- we've become so accustomed to one, one, five, six, four, mm-hmm. uh, uh, over and over and over again that people just gravitate towards that. And business people who are making business decisions, they hear that and they they know that's a pop song. And yeah. and but they, can we educate? The listener, those, those at uh, the buying listener, the the person making the decisions and you know, often in sync uh, licensing deals, to be, uh, I don't know, appreciative of something that is a little different, or do you think we're stuck in this cookie cookie cutter one five six four over and over again? Every song is the same. I, th- I you know that's a tough question to answer for me, just because I'm not on that side of the decision making. But I do, I do know that there's a wide variety of music that's needed, you know, so it's not all pop music. And if you think about the vast amount of content in terms of TV shows and movies that are being produced, uh, and we're going to see another huge boom now that the writer's strike has ended, 
uh, you know, just the diversity in the kind of music that's needed is so wide. Uh, and I, and I think that there's some place, there's a place for every type of music and there's a, a person who can appreciate every type of music and, and know how to, how to take it to the next level. I hope so. Cause I, you know, the, it, it's been, it's like a joke now where, uh, I think Ed Sheeran in his court case, uh, about plagiarism, yeah. said, every song is this. And he went through like, uh, 200 songs in, in a couple of minutes there of this, just in one key of yep. playing one, six, four, <laughs> Five, four. Oh yeah, those cases are always yeah. just a money grab. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe it could happen. I'm, and this is going to sound strange, but like, and I'm going to say by accident. <laughs> and that's and I say, when I say by accident, I mean like you have a an artist who has like a, I'm just trying to think of. Okay, let's. I'm just going to use Willie as an example. Willie writes a song, and it's not in the standard one five four five one five. You know that thing. It's like let's say a minor two. You know something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. a mixolydian scale or something but mm -hmm. it catches fire okay and the way the industry works in my understanding not that I, not that i've ever been successful at it but because his caught fire they're going to say we want another one of those songs like willie wrote even though it's not like any fucking thing else that's out there yeah he's, he's using chords that aren't even in the scale okay yeah. but we want some more of that stuff we want some more ragas and and you know balinese type music in the, it's gonna happen yeah. right if you're speaking in the new existence yeah so know. so willie writes it so but then other people start asking for that kind of stuff yeah you know. that happens and and the and legally you can't copyright chord progressions for that reason because right. there's only there's only so many of them to go around but i do think there is you know with the amount of music that's being created on a daily basis similarities are bound to happen and you just kind of have to build that into the system and the understanding and figure out how to, how to do it fairly. Which... Yeah. There's no new notes and there's no, yeah. you know, basically they, nobody can play anything that is 100% original. Right. <laughs> I, right. See, I have to differ. I have to differ because I was, I was doing a gig. I tuned my guitar already and I laid it down next to a heater and didn't realize it. And it got out of tune. But it was out of tune in such a way that the chord was beautiful. The mm. problem was it had it was nothing I couldn't perform what I was trying to perform with that chord. Well, I just really some advice for your bandmates in that situation. The way to say to, to handle it is say, I love your use of microtones. Uh yeah. it's it's very yeah. Uh, oh, no, me, I do. I love the use of microtones. I mean, my that's I do. Like microtones, that's not a problem. Hemi demi semi notes, you know, that's not a problem. Yeah. My thing is that I'm just saying they're out there. You can do it, you know. Totally, yeah. Again, and it's, and it's, other it's, cultures it's, use them regularly yes, in music. Yes, yeah. I, and that's I was gonna say because I grew up listening to other cultures' music, so my ear is a little bit bent toward a, away from standard one, four, five, yeah. twelve notes in a scale thing. Well, that's yeah. great. Well, yeah, and uh, but good luck getting that kind of stuff placed. That, that's yeah. why I'm not successful. One of the reasons, uh, other than the fact that I'm not any good and I have no talent, I don't know anything about music or comedy. But yeah, other the, than that, quarter quarter of a brain doesn't help too much either. Yeah, so other I thought we said three eighths. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I said three eighths. He corrected me. Yeah, it's just ganglia. Uh, yeah, you know, I appreciate you you being here. I hope people will uh, will uh, follow up on this and and uh, get some information. There are so many people uh, who need help in the business side of it, and because yeah. 
most people, artists, and uh, and if, uh, before we say goodbye, if you could uh, just you know comment on this, the artistic brain versus the business brain, mm-hmm. and uh, there are so many people who who get into it for artistic reasons who are not necessarily business left brain right brain i don't know what it is but it's that the brains are separate and the idea of um shame shame about uh pitching your art as uh as a business as a, a commodity for people people a lot of people have a difficult yeah uh, uh being able to absorb the uh the importance of it but also making the uh, uh that transition the to say I'm also a business person. I, you're not. You can't just. There's no nobility in starving artists, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, what would you say to that people? You don't who think so? There's no nobility time? in that. I think there's plenty. I don't. No think profit. There's. I mean, nobility, it doesn't no help profit. anybody. Yeah. Uh, but here's what I would say to that. I, I I understand what you're saying. Like, I would say, think long term, right? Because truly. If you want to be a successful business person, you have to build a person that you're run, or you have to build a business that you're running, and that's not running you. And so, essentially, what that means for a musician is understanding that maybe at first, and by at first, I mean you know the first five to ten years that you're at it, you're going to have to run everything. But understand that you can build it out, and that you should be building it out to the point where you can outsource a lot of those operations down the road. And that's kind of the long game that I'm playing is I don't want to be doing this stuff, you know, forever. I want to be able to have enough cash flow that I can outsource whatever I want to outsource and do whatever I want to do, which is make great music. Right. right? And that's what I think most artists want. It's just, they have to understand that there's a period of time between those two points where you can kind of get back to, what you really wanted to do, but you have to build before you can play. Right. Yeah. So that's what I would say is it's, it's, it's not hopeless. You don't have to do the business stuff forever. The daily grind, just build I, it first right. and then you can outsource. I get it. What I like to put out there and because I've worked with some artists uh, uh, on trying to build their business. And I, you know, at some point it helps if you could, partner with somebody who believes in you to be your business manager somebody who's not an artist at all all they are yeah. is a business person but believes in you now that, that that's a, a pipe dream for a lot of people it's really difficult to find that person but yeah. if you can uh that's a great way to go find somebody who uh will is willing to uh invest their energy because they believe in you and have good business sense and like find yourself a ceo right um, one last thing, you run a vacation business in on the Jersey Shore. Oh, when yeah. I when I was running Long Island Music uh, Musician Support Network, I uh, I played with this idea of buying myself a uh, um, a ranch, <laughs> uh, basically where people would go, artists where I can rent out, you know, a artist retreat where you go and and actually. Uh, you get the uh, cabin for a week. It's got a recording studio already built into the oh, little cabin. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you do any, do you mix up your businesses at all in any way like that? Like, no, but that's a great idea. Yeah. Right now, it's just a bunch of rich tourists who come and give me their money to spend a week at my house. Wow. So, nothing uh, yeah. Wrong with that either. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. It's great, but yeah. it would be cool to incorporate a little bit. Yeah. More I, you know, the problem is 
musicians generally can't aff- afford that. That's what I found right. out. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. it w- it was a, a wonderful little fantasy idea I had of just ha- having little uh, bungalows where people can come and be creative, and not necessarily yeah. just for music, but uh, for writing screenplays or you know working on film ideas or any of that kind of stuff. Very, yeah. very cool stuff. We appreciate you getting up early and being part of the program. Uh, yeah, one more time, the, the link is in the description. It's just nismaosman dot com slash call. Yeah, uh, they can just go to nismaosman without the slash call, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why we have this slash call in it. Anyway, uh, thank you for being here and good luck with this. And you will definitely be hearing from me uh, sometime in the near Thanks future. Thanks for having too. me, guys. It was thank a pleasure. You. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye, Bye for now. Nisma Osman, folks. Uh, cool stuff there. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, learn anything, Willie? Are you are you are you psyched? Are you Unsyched? Are you going to do a fifteen-minute? No, yeah, no. That it, definitely good information. Uh, believe me, I know there's a plethora of things I'm doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, not even doing wrong. It's just things you might might not be aware of. Like I think GD learned what sync licensing was. Uh, yeah, that's a good I had, thing. I didn't know it was. A, I mean, I knew I knew in principle that it was a thing. I'm not in, like a complete idiot. I just didn't, uh, you know, I just wouldn't. I didn't atter, attach that term. To what I know was knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. the term is yeah. really not important. It's just the idea that you're getting paid to place your music in television, films, whatever, all those kind of things. Even I can see. Yeah, I, I, I see knew that existed. Definitely. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go, Will. I'm sorry. Go no, you, no, um, you. I changed my mind. I was, I, I, I was, I, I, <laughs> no. Go ahead, Willie. No, well, no, crying. please, please, you, crying. you, you, man, you, and say please, what you're going to you. say. No, okay. you, you, please. No, you, no, you. <laughs> no, it's like the chipmunks. It's like the the little gophers yeah. on. I uh, feel, I feel gra- no, gratitude I feel. for having a fever right now. I have, I am actually I grateful for being delirious at this moment. Um, yeah, it helps. No, I, I just, I think I told the story before about um, something about Mary. Or in the beginning, they didn't have any music for something about Mary, and, and my songs, my that CD there, was being considered as some of the music for their movie, and and I knew it wasn't going to make it because that again because I know it's on the CD, and some of it's just too personal, and I knew it wasn't going to be make the thing. But I don't I think personal. Maybe- I don't think personal is a, a game ki- uh, killer at all uh, or a deal breaker at all. In, in, uh, ca- uh, you know, if it fits the the piece of the film message, they're trying yeah. to yeah, to, yeah. Their support, it doesn't, you know, personal. What Lisa, Lisa Loeb stay is a very personal song, but it, well, made, it made the movie. I'm, I'm glad you finished that story for me, Matt. Now I don't have to tell it. So your turn, Willie. <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was gonna say. But how did how, I am curious? How did you get them? Had even consider it? What, what were your steps in getting them to consider it? They reached out to me. It's it's a long story. It, it was one of the people who worked on the show knew about me and knew about my music, and they said, "Let's give it a shot." We don't have any music, so let's throw let's throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. This was back in the day when when I had friends. Not like now. Right. No, I could see why you don't have any friends now. That's a whole other... Uh, that's a show oh. for another day. I wasn't always a reclusive, um, ill-tempered, ill-mannered, non-talented person. I'm just doing a fact check have, on this right now. I used to be now. a non-talented person who had friends and connections. Uh, factcheck.com says 
Bullshit. Did I didn't have any <laughs> friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. The thing I, I, I want to uh, caution people about once, uh, once you start going down this road, you will get emails and uh, marketing campaigns from lots of people who will tell you, "I can get your music uh, placed in shows and and and." uh films and, and this kind of stuff yeah and, and, but it and sucks. then it's yeah it's always like a fee up front and all that kind of stuff and i get yeah. them almost daily and have been for over 20 years now uh that so okay. be careful there's a lot of scammers out there i mean back in the day now, then i don't know if you experienced this or not matt but back when i was like a young musician songwriter i was sending out tapes and stuff to like every company that i could find every record company i could find and the ones i'd get back most frequently we're like, we really like your music. If you send us $450, we can make a demo for you with, you know, yeah. real, you know, that kind of thing. It I was get almost that. always $450 or just, you know. Yeah, I still get those all, all the time. Um, and uh, the best rejection I ever got, this is, this is pretty funny. Uh, well, this isn't the best rejection. Actually, um, Bob Saget was the best rejection I ever got. <laughs> Uh, but when I was young, we were out in LA shopping music and I got to Geffen records. I got to meet David Geffen and, uh, bring him my tape. And we, we left. And two weeks later, uh, my aunt called and she said, uh, David Geffen called for you. You, you really need to get in touch with him. And I was so excited. I was, and I didn't know I was putting it off telling everybody, I got to call David Geffen back. What am I going to say? Uh, I call him back and I'm expecting like he's, if he said it was important that I get back in touch with him, something good's going to happen. And basically, it was right. just a call to say thanks, but no thanks. And like, oh, my God. I got so worked up. that David Geffen is gonna, wants me to call him. It's really important that I call him. And it's a call to say, yeah, we decided not to go with you. Now, the best rejection I had ever had was uh, there was a member of the Ink Spots who was still alive at the time. He was, like the, he was the last surviving member of the Ink Spots. And he was trying to stage quote a comeback in his 60s or something and so he and i were working on one of i'd written a song for him he liked it he wanted to jazz it up a little bit and so we were working together to so with the music and stuff to make it a little bit more jazzy so he could like kind of do it his way you know and so the, the best rejection i ever got was like the next week he died and we never finished it so that was like <laughs> because wow. at least we were doing something together you know i got to work with an ink spot before he died and so that's like yeah. kind of good you know rejection. usually ink spots don't go away like that that's i know you would think you need like a stain remover or something but this ink spot <laughs> just went just like that just Man. gone just yeah. gone like that i'm just looking at the ink spots the only song that i remember from them i think i would recognize is maybe and that was their hit in 1940 uh their first hit was in 1932 uh so, how fucking old are you gd hey, really like i said i know i said when i was a young songwriter and he wasn't as i assumed i never asked him his age i knew he was old because he was an ink spot and 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 he was barely getting around came out but yeah and, no. I, and i may even have the i have to go back to I, I wanted to go back through my notes 
But some of my notes literally are so old, they're like on yellow notepads. But when I touch them, some of the papers literally like disintegrate. And I'm afraid to go through all my old notes to get those um, things right. Right. Because he may not even have been like an original ink spot. He could have been like a replacement ink spot. Yeah, you know? there was, um, I'm just reading here, there was a whole second rendition of the group that stayed together until 1951, <laughs> which is still fucking 100 years ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there were, somebody might have been calling himself an original ink spot. But, you know, to be honest with you, uh, even if they they had they would have to have been ancient even in like 1979 1980 they'd already have been ancient if they were 20 years old in 1930 when the band started you know they're born yeah, 1910 they, they were, like I said, I, they'd be 114 they, now yeah yeah <laughs> but but when i was in my early 20s uh 21 20, 20 between 20 and 20 I'm trying to think how old i was when i met him I was in my early 20s. And like I said, and when you're a 20 year old, everybody over 50 is old. Yeah. You know, right. so I, right. so, and, and I didn't care. Honestly, I didn't care anything about his age or anything like that. I just wanted to, I just wanted to write and make music. That was right. all I wanted to do. And so I didn't care. He could have told me he was like the, the lead composer for the Ku Klux Klan Orchestra. And I would have said, really, you like my music? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that we I briefly touched on there was the the services that and there's lots of them like uh, Pond Five and all these things where you write music, you can submit it and people uh, download it, but and they pay a fee up front. Um, and, and there's listen, nobody's ever going to get rich, and some it's really even hard to support yourself on that. But it's a uh, an extra revenue stream if you're writing music to be able to put stuff on stuff like Envato or Pond Five or all these uh, different services that do that. Uh, and people will use it. Now I've heard my music uh, in lots of internet commercials and every once in a while, like broadcast television commercials. Uh, but they pay fifteen to twenty dollars on. You set your price. Right. You know what? People are going to, you got to figure they're looking for discount cheap music. Uh, they're going to, they're going to go for the cheapest stuff. So it encourages you to keep your prices low. Uh, but you can, you can sell it to many different people. So many, you know, there's money to be made there. But again, you're not going to make a, you're not going to make a living or right. not, a, you're not going to be able to support yourself off of that. But it is an extra revenue stream. And I think if you're in, uh, show business at any level, the more revenue streams you have, uh, the better. So that's a, something to consider. Uh, let's do another commercial uh, and, uh, and I'll be right back. How about that? How about that? Uh, oh, I don't, I want to take the short one, not the long one. Welcome to a better way to buy wine. The wrong one. Nakedwines.com is a customer-funded wine business. We don't just sell wines, we make them happen. Since launching in the UK in 2008, Angels have helped us invest in over 159 independent winemakers in 14 different countries. Turns out, it's better business for everyone. Our winemakers get to sell all of their wines and make a living. We make the same margins as everyone else and have a lot of fun along the way. 
And as a wine drinker, for the $40 a month you probably would have spent on wine anyway, you'll get wholesale prices. You can be sure that all of our wines have been lovingly made by a talented winemaker and stripped of all the costs that add nothing to the flavor or quality of the juice in the bottle. Support independent winemakers. Get better wine in return. With the support of 300,000 wine drinkers, we fund talented, independent winemakers up front. This way, they get to spend all of their attention on making you the best wine possible. World-class wine, direct from talented, independent winemakers. A better deal, up to 60% off market prices. A better way to discover tasty new favorites with over 2 million reviews from wine drinkers like you. Become an angel today. Get started by visiting MindDogTV.com and click the banner on the homepage now. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Kelly says, damn it, Chrissy could have saw it live, the sexy one. It's not the sexy one. It's the retarded one. Uh, the only reason you find it sexy is because you're in love with, with Willie. But any normal person would not find that sexy at all. It's just, it's just stupid. I don't know why. I disagree. Keep... Well, of course you disagree. <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. It's hilarious, it, it's, bro. It, it's it's painful, really funny. Painfully ridiculous. Oh, well, you want to say it's really funny. That's different what she's saying. She's saying it's the sexy one. It's not sexy. I mean, if you can get a boner sexy, at, like that, you've got a yeah. real problem. You need some salt, Peter. If, you're, if that if that thing gets you horny, you need you need some salt, Peter. You need to you need to calm down just a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys got any plans for this weekend? Any anything coming up? Any uh, anything? <clears throat> By the way, I still haven't heard about. I know Willie was all excited about this whole uh, billboard. It's not a billboard; it's a digital billboard, and we're not yeah, going to be. That. In in time, yeah, it's going to rotate and whatever, right? And it's going to be in a rotation with several other things, but so it won't be like you're just seeing us. But I haven't heard about that yet. I got to follow up on it. I just I didn't do anything business wise yesterday. It's just fucking laying in bed, uh, feeling sorry for myself, crying, moaning, bitching, and all that. Did you get the audios I sent you? Did Did you get? I haven't listened to them yet because I didn't get to a computer till this morning and it doesn't work on the phone. AMRs, I don't even know what that is. Or, uh, how'd you record that? Like, uh, through the on, phone on my phone, yeah. But I used my good mic, the, so, the new yeah. But maybe, maybe it, maybe it's, um, uh, I don't know, voicemail. It's a different kind of file than my phone recognizes. Apple iPhone don't, doesn't recognize it. Yeah, it's weird because what I did is I just went to our messages. I recorded it right <laughs> in our messages. But I just, I was just kind of giving you an idea what the copy was. Like, that's not the final. I'll, uh, I'll record it again, but I just want to make sure that those are okay with you before I, because usually you want to email to you, correct? Yeah. Does Salt Peter work on girls? Yes, I, it absolutely does. Now, uh, I don't know. If what are you talking Salt about? What's Salt Peter? What is that? Salt Peter is a thing they used to give to GIs to control their. Uh, sexual impulses when they went into the military. Uh, they used to slip it in their food. Um, yeah, it basically... It, the it, fuck? 
inhibits your sex drive. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll start choking some here. of that. Holy cow. My my poor wife, she's getting sick of me asking all the time. I don't know if it's even <laughs> I, I don't know if it's even still a thing. Like how that'll be now if I Google it, uh Google is gonna think I got a problem, right? Uh Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna change your feed for a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, let's see here though. Is saltpeter even a thing? Uh, potassium nitrate. Uh, West African cuisine. Po- uh, what is saltpeter used for? And is true? Is is it true it reduces certain uh, carnal urges? Well. The second part of that is easy uh, to answer. Saltpeter, the term refers to either potassium, sodium, nitrate, has no effect on carnal urges. That's what it says. So basically, this one article I came up with says, no, it's not true. It's an old wives' tale that it doesn't reduce <laughs> your sex drive. So, Christine, did were you awake when this message came in, by the way? I, I sent it to him earlier in the day. I saw you respond to him late at night where he, he said, uh, yeah, because, please, please yeah. type it because and, you're, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, I would be and over, so it's like midnight. It's after midnight, your guys' time. And, and he sent a message to both of us at the same time. And I was like, well, here's, and I just sent him a link to her Facebook. Um, right. I, was I like, had sent him that Facebook link earlier in the day because he messaged yeah, me at like two o'clock in the afternoon about the same thing. Uh, just uh, be careful now, uh, Chrissy. You got, uh, you got a stalker in Jackie. Uh, and <laughs> he probably wants to send you books and stuff and you know, send you lots of. Yeah, stuff. no, you'll get a, you'll get a great care package. Jackie sends a great care package. It's he loves awesome. to go to the post office and mail people stuff. That's one thing. Uh, so did Ed Kaczynski. Yeah. That? Oh, no. oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! What the yeah, a lot, in, a lot in common with Ted. Uh, Ted, sorry, yeah. He lives in he's a remote area, and he's uh, he is a bit of a, a mathematical genius. I don't know if you know this about Jackie, but he's I did not gift, know that. Very gifted in the uh, area of math. He went on full scholarship for uh, mechanical engineering uh, to a major university. That's you know really you know, I didn't you, know that. Yeah, you don't get a full ride on uh, that kind of stuff if your math skills aren't great, which is why. He has such a uh, phenomenal memory for jokes. It's like it's 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 a mathematical thing for him. It's all right. <laughs> it's well, all yeah, fun. yeah. It's like we talked about. You know, um, a lot of the a lot of the jokes are like the same joke, but you just you just change the you know you pop in your what do you call it? Uh, God, what's the? I can't think of the word right now. I wish I could help you. Don't know anything about comedy, so I can't tell you. Below, we're talking about math. We're talking variables. Variables. You just change the variables. Right. Yeah. Like the joke structure and setup is all the same, but the variables are different. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday, I'm going to segue here a little bit now. Uh, Cat Williams. You, You familiar with Cat Williams? I am. I saw a little. I I saw like one clip of what was going on yesterday. But he, I guess he did some interview, talking about how like Hollywood is basically you know all corrupt or whatever, which we already knew. We've known this. Is that is that the small small diminutive? Is that the diminutive um, black comedian with the straight hair that did this? 
the bit about Tink Tink? Not small. No, I, I don't know about that. No, thing. Cat Williams is tiny. Cat Williams is a small dude. He is? So, okay, so we're talking about this. Okay, I just want to make sure it's hard to tell way. in video because I've all, the only bit, seen the video. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a little dude. A dude, yeah, he's, when you he's see him the Friday movies. You see him hold the microphone. It, it, it almost like he has these two hands to hold the microphone. He's just small. <laughs> yeah, it keeps yeah, falling no, out uh, of his hand. He's, yeah, he's dude. Amazing. My favorite, my favorite thing with Cat Williams, as far as movies go, is uh, Friday. Uh, next Friday, I think it is. Uh, I think it's next Friday. Um, where uh, him and Terry Crews have a scene because, like, Terry Crews pr- plays this like former inmate. And uh, he's at this house party that Ice Cube is having. And then Cat Williams shows up and uh, Terry Crews tries to, like, rape him in the bathroom. And then uh, Cat Williams grabs him. uh, He grabs a pipe wrench that's, like, attached to the toilet. and Or not a pipe wrench, but, like, a vice grip or whatever. And he fucking vice grips Terry Crews nuts. And he's like, I am a boy. You are not in prison anymore. like... That's just the best shit ever, bro. That's, that's some of the fucking yeah. He died looks, during that thing. He looks to me like the lead singer from Outcast. Uh, I mean, I, I guess a a little bit yeah. like in the face. I could see how you could say that a little bit in their facial structure. Um, but apparently, he burned a lot of people. Um, yeah, no, he's he, yeah, he's upsetting people for sure. So there's like a, a video on. Uh, Twitter, it's got a bunch of comedians getting ready to pay Cat Williams a visit, and there's all these guys like pulling out uh, rifles and stuff. Uh, everybody going, <laughs> I apparently said bad shit about uh, Steve Harvey and uh, Kevin Hart and uh, a whole bunch of people. But what got my attention? Well, was, Hart a plant. He said Kevin Hart is a was a plant, right? That, a like, bot. He called him a bot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But uh, the thing that got my attention was the, he was this. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the thing was him and uh, uh, Wayans. What Damon Wayans? He's he, and you can see how small he is compared to him. Holy shit! Yeah, he is small. Yeah. Well, Damon uh, Wayans is pretty tall though too. But he was talking about Rogan. He said Bill Rogan don't want me on his podcast. He just wants eight. He has eight comedians that ain't never been funny in their lives, and he just wants to keep pushing them, which is true. Uh, and Rogan responded to him saying that he would love to have him on the show. They talk about him all the time. That would be interesting now that he kind of put that Yeah, out. no kidding. I would definitely tune into that episode if Cat Williams gets on Joe Rogan because that's going to be some – there's going to be some fireworks in that shit. Yeah. So the- one thing, you know, Joe, like you could, you could say whatever you want, but Joe's going to fire back. He's going to make you back up the shit you say. You know, and and if you can't, if you don't back it up, he's gonna tell you you're full of shit. Yeah. Uh, so it, do, but it, does Joe Rogan back up everything he says? I mean, he's no, no, no okay. which is the funny part. That's what's funny about it. Okay, it's I'll, like he'll sit there it, and it will, it, it will, make, it will be entertaining. Yeah, they'll they'll probably uh, it might get heated. Now Rogan says he loves them and all that stuff, but it, it might it definitely might get heated. I uh, mean, there's gonna be enough weed smoking in there to calm things down. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe you know, just saying outrageous stuff is the way to get attention these days. I don't. It, it's it a is and well isn't. Believe me, I'm finding out. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is and it isn't. 
Yeah, and the Tom Segura stuff is still getting me. Like somebody called me Mr. Potato Head this morning on the Tom Segura clip. <laughs> Said it looks like uh, somebody dried their washcloth <clears throat> on Mr. Potato Head. Wow. Was, yeah. Wow. But, you know, wow. I'm seeing a lot more people okay. defending Tom Segura now. But, but they're doing it based on, again, on 30 seconds of, of stuff. Now, here, here's the one thing. My takeaway from this is one guy commented back on, I said, maybe you want to see the full clip and get the context of this. And he said, I spend all my day, I waste too much time already on reels and other stuff. Uh, I don't have time to go watch a 10-minute clip. I said, but you have plenty of time to comment on something based on 30 seconds of it. So people aren't interested in seeing the full context. They just want to fucking right. and get, right. you know, you can't, that to me is a weak excuse. I I don't have time to know what I'm talking about. I just want to talk about what I want to talk yeah. about. <laughs> That's the world we live in now. Uh, yeah, it is. It totally is. It's sad. Uh, is Steve Harvey legit? Uh, there's videos. What does that mean? Uh, the Steve Harvey. What? What did? What did he say about Steve Harvey that uh, is legit? Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. I plan. I do plan on watching it, but I hadn't watched it yet. Uh, I, I have no idea. I didn't even know. Kate I got. I got it up, out. but I can't listen to it here unless I put it on here. Now there was such an important statement. I didn't think people understand liars are narrative. Um, you want to listen to it? It, it? it looks like it's only 18 seconds, but I think he's talking about Steve Harvey here. I'm not sure. Yeah, let's just do 18 yeah. seconds, then we can do like the next 20 minutes talking about it. Right. Uh, we, yeah. we, we can do exactly what I just said that other guy was doing. Yeah, yeah. Seeing a yeah. very small yeah, clip and getting it. ready. No, I'm just curious what he said about Steve Harvey. Yeah. I don't what is because I know. Yeah, because I love you, Steve Harvey. You don't like Steve Harvey, right? You've said you've said that a couple of times, but you don't like you don't like. Gee, you don't like Steve Harvey? How come? Uh, it's nothing. It's nothing personal, but it's personal. What? Do you, what is that? <laughs> I, he just seems what too manufactured. Quit talking no, to riddles, no. goddammit. No. It, <laughs> Okay, you, you you know how sometimes in the in the music industry you get like these bands that are that are made up, bands that are put together by like industry people. Yeah, and say okay, we're gonna yeah, manufacture yeah, yeah. a band. To me, that's right. what he feels like as a comedian. He feels like one of those. Like a petty individual for picking apart lies, but Jesse Smollett gonna keep lying until you say we don't believe you. Like it's important in the checks and balances of the universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. Are you I hate to say So he's just saying Steve Harvey's a liar? What is that one? Uh, uh, let's see what gas four dollars a gallon. Can't even pump gas like you used to no more. Four dollars a gallon? You remember when you used to go to pump and put the nozzle in there and hit it? Be sitting there talking, be on your phone. Hey, what's happening? Be walking around, cleaning the windshield. <laughs> Speaking yeah. again, girl, what's happening? What you doing? <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Okay, you go in there, bring me a wine cooler. Bring me a cooler, dog. <laughs> Not no more. Hell, oh. ain't nothing going on at that pump except you and that pump. 
Your ass is looking at that punk. Oh, it's jokes have stuff here. That's all I'm saying. You are not supposed to be at the gas station making life decisions. You just act the punk. Just Negro, did I eat today? Yeah. I can't get no half a tank. I got six cigarettes. I can't even do it. They, they messed up the whole gas station That's experience. Easy. Used to be, if you had ten, fifteen dollars, you could go to the gas station with confidence. So yeah, it's it's about joke theft, and uh, okay. I'm not so. But you know what? I don't I don't see that as joke theft because that's that's two different like takes on even one though premise. it's kind of the same viewpoint or whatever. Like, yeah, you you know like like they're they're making it their own in their own ways. Like like a situation like that, like a comedian can't come along and say, oh. Like I'm a joke about how much the change in gas prices are, and now nobody else can joke about gas prices or they're stealing from me. That's fucking horseshit. You cannot fucking claim a whole premise like that. That right. that's that's not joke stealing, in my opinion. Yeah, um, maybe maybe that was a bad example. I have to see more, but I'd be surprised if Steve Harvey is still is like. Left consciously, yeah, and you don't have up. to, bro. Like, believe me, dude. There, one of the things I love about Steve Harvey the most is how quippy that motherfucker is. You know what I mean? Like, like he is like when something funny happens or whatever, he is right on it with a comment or a zinger or whatever. You know what I mean? Or even just his facial expressions. You know, like like Steve Harvey is is not the kind of talent that has to steal from other people. But Cat Williams also needs to understand that just because you do a certain joke premise, that don't lock down that whole premise for fucking everybody. You know what I mean? That's fucking stupid. Now, just, just to push back on the thing about the Steve Harvey thing, and this is not just because he's not one of my favorite comedians. It's just, a, it's just an actual fact that you can be quippy and good at that kind of stuff the quick comeback and not be good at writing a joke or telling a long story without lifting it True. i'm not saying so i'm not saying he did it i'm just saying that the two right. are not exclusive you, right. you can be really right, good right, at right, one right. thing and really right. bad at something it else. is different and, it is a difference you're right yeah i mean yeah but i'm and i one of the things that comes to mind is um i think it's dl ugly he did a one of his things was talking about you didn't want black families, and he says you don't throw a dead battery away. We didn't throw dead batteries away until you stuck them in the freezer three or four times, ha! and that and that was something <laughs> that yeah we that is exactly what happened in my family. You know yeah we didn't throw dead batteries away. We put them in the freezer, and 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 again my family did it. His family did it. Um, so yeah, we could both tell the same story. Now, if I did it just like him, when I said, you don't throw a battery away until you put it in the freezer three or four times, right? then I'm right. stealing. But if, but if I tell that story and then do my own take on it, you know, because yes. it happened to us, you know, I, I right. know I, there was a comedian who did a story, a local comedian who did a bit about, um, family feud. And so and that, and she and she had one perspective about it, and my family after about a month, about two or three months after that, my family auditioned to be on Family Feud, and so I did a bit about Family Feud, but based on that experience, 
But the one thing that we both had, the one thing we both talked about is how in Family Feud, they tell you, you know, how, you know how when people say, good answer, good answer. You know, she had one take on that. But my take was, I've seen behind the curtains as to why they do that. And so I had the good answer thing, but mine was from a totally different perspective. But before I did it, I sent her a message and let her know. I said, this is, I, I'm aware of your bit. This is my bit. I am going to do the good answer thing, but I'm not stealing it from you. It's just that I cannot do the bit without covering that particular aspect of Family Feud because everybody knows that about Family Feud. I don't right. know what you. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, the good answer stuff. The, I mean, yeah, yeah. So like, whenever, whenever they are up there doing their answers or whatever. Like, like the the whole rest of the family will be like, "Oh, good answer, good answer." Even no matter how dumb, no matter how like, dumb, yeah, no matter how stupid, right. no matter how stupid the fucking guess is, they always say that. And what is? The and I'm sure it's a production. Thing. Yeah, it's a production thing. They tell you to do that. They tell you no matter yeah. how bad the answer is, that you still say good answer. You clap your hands and say good right. answer, no matter how bad the answer is, and how dumb it is, no matter how stupid it is, you say that. And and it's part of yeah. like because no matter what happens up here, they're still your family. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's been there's been plenty of times I've been listening, watching the show, and been like, "That is not a good answer at all." Yeah. <laughs> like, what now, are you I'm, talking about? Now, of course, my bit is in my first D on my first DVD. If you want to watch my first show, guys, feel free, not you guys there. I'm talking about you people out there, audience people, not YouTube. Um, just go to my website, sogdfunny.com. I have like three comedy specials there, and this is on the first one. You know, um, my yeah, parents meant well. Uh, all right, uh, we, we you should put that in the banner so we could share the, the the link to people so that they can see it. You know how to do that, right? Go over the banners and just put that in there. I thought that was for Bruce. I was leaving it alone. I was waiting for Fenderson. Huh? Bruce Banner. Doc Bruce Banner melted by gamma rays turns into uh, the Hulk. Um, Cat Williams has more to say. I think we should listen to this one. Race is not a line. Uh, Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side or the other side. I want to hear this. This is 48. This was with Shannon Sharp. Uh, with the, if there's no volume. Would you talk no about volume. another black? They canceled me for these things because why would you talk about another black dude? Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side and the other side. And we don't care nothing about the other side. Period. Period. All of these uh, big deviants is all catching hell in 2024. It's up for all of them. It don't matter if you Diddy or whoever you is. T.G. Jakes, any of them. The, every, all lies will be exposed. That's all. And, and, and anyone who takes that the wrong way know why they take it the wrong way. The truth is the light. Shannon Chop is like, amen, amen. I thought... I thought he was like, uh, I don't know what to say to that, dude. I'm just sitting here listening and don't really have a response. Anyway, uh, what do you, uh, any take on that? GD is basically saying he, he, sound, gets, he, he gets like attacked a for, for, ta uh, for, for saying negative stuff about other guys just because he's black and they're black. Uh, I, I was looking to it through, through the lens of, it sounds to me like, uh, overzealous born again Christian who's now totally intolerant of the, f the fact that people are liars. And almost like he's like, I will never lie. I don't lie, you know, and and nobody else should ever lie. I, I don't know. I don't. I, 
I don't. Kelly's saying it was started about Harvey Weinstein, but that wasn't about Harvey Weinstein. That was about uh, being critical of other black guys. Well, yeah, but I mean, he went on for quite a while. Like that, I'm pretty sure that whole interview is pretty fucking great. I know. I wonder where I can see the. I'll find out where I can see the whole thing today when I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Shannon Shannon Sharp's podcast, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, He. It, yeah, he seemed GD. like really out outspoken. I didn't yeah. know he was. Yeah, GD, uh, Shannon, do me a favor, send the link to Matt. Yeah, yeah. no, not that Matt, the other Matt. <laughs> Fucking yeah. what? The, the one I called you about last night and complained. Yeah. yeah, that one. Send him the link. Thanks, man. Love well, you, bro. Obviously, if if uh, Shannon, if he's friends with uh, bro, GD, yeah, he's not say, really you know Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Sharp and you haven't Shannon... gotten him on the show yet. You're you're definitely fired, right? And <laughs> you know Shannon... how many people I've pushed, and they don't. I don't know if they just don't want to be on the show because I'm on it. I'm going to think that if I took like a week of vacation, everybody I know who I sent this to would be right. like, Matt, I want to be on this week because GD's not going to be there. Yeah, yeah, and definitely if we could get another black guy, uh, that would that would definitely uh, jeopardize your. Uh, your job uh, security, without a doubt. I don't even send it to black people. <laughs> no, he's not really GD. that choppy. Shannon, Shannon Dull. Uh, I don't even send it to dark-skinned white people. If they got tans, no. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm protecting you. Know, I was noticing today how pasty fucking white I'm getting here in fucking South Dakota. Look how fucking white I am. Jesus. It's winter time, dude. That's I miss New Mexico just because it gave me some color. Huh? I don't think it would. I don't think it would right now. Uh, that's what happens to white people in winter, they get they get whiter, uh, they get pasty. No, not just white, like pasty, fucking white. Like, fucking, yeah. why do I look like I'm dying? Uh, what did I want to talk about now? Uh, I wanted to talk about something. I wanted to talk about something. I can't now, I, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, um, you give me fever. Yeah, well, that's that's part of it. I'm definitely delirious here. <laughs> I'm just killing time, man. We, we got to say goodbye to Govs in like seven, eight minutes or so. Uh, and yeah. P, I, I did remember to uh, log into PBM TV today. The <clears throat> Chappelle thing was interesting. I got to review of what we talked about yesterday uh, with Bailey Pope, but I noticed it <laughs> came up. Um, it's interesting because I, I have you seen the new special? No, Chappelle's new special. He's got a new special on Netflix, um, and I, I'm just wondering if it's more of the same. He seems to be a guy who whose specials are all about kind of like what the show is about the hate mail he gets or the response. He's just replying okay. to people who who uh, who are critical right. of him from the last special, and it's just like right. a regurgitation of who's mad at me now. But it doesn't seem like yeah. he's really putting any effort into being a comedian, and I think there is this is a kind of a trend when you get to that level now. Is uh, the one person I say, and and this will get me in some hate mail, is Louis C.K. doesn't seem to fall into that trap. I think Louis C.K. is the uh, gold standard for uh, that level of comedian right now because he is actually still trying to be funny. Everything he does, it's it's for maximum laughter and not ted talking not not like uh not like lecturing the audience or condescending this is how you should right. see the world and all that kind of stuff but i think don't you think i think that's what kind of happens to comedians as they go along you know right. what i mean like 
know, and when you and it makes sense, it makes total sense when you think about it, because you spend all these years developing that first hour, maybe that first two hours. But after that, like after those first couple specials, everything you're writing is newer. You know what I mean? And it, and it's much more um, it has to come out faster now because now and, and I'm talking about people that are known. But, you know, because once you're known now, how fast you come out with it needs to be better. And I think generally you're trying to create material that's going to resonate with the with the people. And there's a couple kind of quick ways to do that. One is to be topical. And then the other is to talk about how people are treating you because your fans know, like are generally in the know of like what has been going on with you, what kind of pushback you've had or whatever, you know, at least, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, we use George Carlin as a good example of that from time to time. Um, and and I think that, that, but we don't have a lot of examples of it because there's not a lot of comedians that continue to put out later on, in, in my opinion. They go on to do different shit. Right. Uh, the uh, one I wanted to bring up about CK was, and this might be, uh, I don't know, controversial, not really. But I think what happened to him or what he did and the, the blowback from it ended up being a gift. Because I think it did I mean, give him, yeah, yeah it, it, it kept him humble, not so much humble. I think he's got an ego, but in in terms of his art, humble and not, realizing he's a comedian, just a comedian, and not to get on the TED Talk thing. I think it kept him from being a TED Talk guy. And I think also the, the other part of this is when you talk about cancel culture, he's gotten to the point where. He can just say whatever the fuck he wants without being concerned about cancel culture. That what can, they can't can, cancel me. My fans will come with me, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, and buy from me directly. You know, the pipeline of money, and so I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I think it was freeing in a lot of ways. I would love to be able to talk to him about that because nobody's really addressed that with him. That could it, could this whole thing have actually been a gift to you? And really uh, benefited you both as a person and business-wise. This whole, you know, the whole jerking off in front of women thing. Right. I don't know. I think it, I think it did. I think it definitely. Um, it definitely kept him on on the idea of trying to be funny rather than just uh, trying to be a TED Talker guy and, and teach people how to think about the world. Uh, Kelly says Chappelle didn't have to do another one. I thought he was done doing specials. Yeah, that's true. He did say the last one was his last one, right? I don't know. I don't know why why he felt like he had to do another one. Yeah, but how many? I mean, dude, I've heard the last one from so many artists that continue, you know, and not just comedians, but look at music artists. They generally take some time, some you know, considerable time time off before. Yeah, oh, a big comeback thing. Uh, Right. Kiss had their last concert. Uh, several months ago, and I don't expect them to do another one, <coughs> at least for a couple of years. I'm dying here. You guys talk, talk, and say stuff so I can just sit here and delirium out. Okay, stuff, oh, okay. stuff, 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 stuff. Yeah. I like to stuff. stuff my stuff and stuff. Right. Stuff. Uh, yeah, stuff, usually stuff. on Thursdays. I think Thursdays is the best day to stuff things, but GD. I could do some stuffing today. TD, do you own an acoustic guitar? 
Yes, I own two. Well, I guess you can call it weird. Yeah, one still string and one classical. But when you're up on stage, you with uh, a solo electric guitar and an amplifier. When you when you're doing music, my song parodies. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't like to use an acoustic for that. It just seems uh, it's more common. Definitely more common for people doing comedy to be up there with an acoustic guitar. I I never really saw anybody bring an electric and an amp on on stage to do something like that. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I started off. I started. I started off with my acoustic when I first just started doing song parodies. It was with my acoustic, and I realized that my electric guitar stayed tuned better. Wow! And so I just said, okay, I'm just going to go with the electric because I don't feel like dealing with the my tuning. I mean, my sure. Yeah, I don't feel like I want to tune it, set it down, and then pick it up and start playing again. I'm, you know, even though the electric one went out of tune once, but it was that was really my fault. I laid it next to a heater after I tuned it, and the heater just made the string stretch. And so I had to. Are actually, you okay? Who, me? Who are you talking to? Yeah, you. This is the same story you told earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. But okay. I was asked so. Yeah, why are you telling the same story again? You, you go, are you uh, Joe Biden? What's wrong with you? Um, well, no, no, I was Biden. That wasn't weird to you. I thought it was weird. I felt weird. Like, wait a minute, you're telling the exact same story you just told a while ago. You know, um, first of all, I've told this story so many times I can't remember the last time I told it. And and the second thing is, I was just answering a question. I didn't even think about the fact that 20 minutes ago I just talked. You about said it. the same thing, right? I didn't. Even, <laughs> all right. But right. I, and if you ask me the question again in twenty minutes, I will tell you the same. You probably same would way. give the exact yes. same answer again. Because it's the yeah. truth, yeah. you know. And I'm very no, yeah, no. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Just my, a comment, and then further questioning on on this, and further interrogation on this. Uh, we've got to say goodbye to Govs right now. Bye, Govs. Goodbye, Govs. Um, it's isn't it easy? Well, I, first of all, the first comment is I I don't have none of my acoustic guitars ever go out of tune. I mean, I bang on them for four hours straight, hard, and they don't bang out of tune. I, I mean, uh, that's, so that's a, a surprising thing to me that your acoustic guitars don't stay in tune. No, I didn't uh, say it didn't stay. It doesn't stay in tune. I'm just saying it it happened once too often, and which is twice, you know. And after that, I'm like, well, I don't I. I'm insecure enough when I'm on stage. I don't want to think about other stuff. So if something happens to me on stage, like I wear long sleeve shirts all the time. And the reason is I saw a picture of myself and my elbows were ashy. And I was like, holy right. crap. I, I put lotion, you know, I do all that stuff. Yeah. I put like, the lotion, I make sure I look the way I want to look on stage. And then somewhere I've laid my elbows down like this. And I come up yeah. and I'm performing, and next thing you know, I see these pictures of me holding a mic, and my elbows are ashy. And I said, yeah. I'm not going to worry about that shit ever again. So I started wearing long yeah. sleeve shirts under my t-shirt. That's smart. Just so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And so wow. everything that bothers me, I try to take care of, so I never worry about it again. Right. Yeah. But now the That's, extra, I mean, I extra that. web I totally now, though, it. you have to bring an amplifier on stage with you, isn't that like? Yeah. That the the reason I think. It, acoustic guitars are so common in in comedy clubs is that it's just you go up with an acoustic guitar and just plug it into the house system and don't have to worry about bringing an amp up and all that stuff that's extra right. work no yeah it's extra work but i've been doing it so long that it just takes me 
you know, depending on the venue, if, if, if it's my show, if it's my show where I'm like the headliner, that shit's set up in advance. Right. And if I'm featuring for someone, you know, I let them know what I'm doing and it's, and it's, you know, they have a second mic, I mic the amp. And if not, I just put the amp and I crank it up to the audience can hear it enough, you know, because I'm not, I'm not selling out arenas. I'm not playing. I'm not like you, Matt. I'm not playing places where they have like 900 people. Every Nobody place. like me. If, if, right. If I'm playing a place, it's holding like 100 people, 200 people at the most. And if, and if it holds 400 people, it's only got 100 people at the most. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like I have, it's not like I'm performing to, to massive audiences. If that were the issue, I'm sure I'd have a different solution to my problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never trust, uh, I never trust comedy club sound people anyway, but it's yeah. just, uh, it's, yeah. I'm just yeah. so no, used to seeing people no, with, with, yeah. Uh, Kelly said about CK last time he broke down the Bible and was like, when was the last, I know the part you're talking about. I've seen that, uh, that special or clip from that special where he breaks it, takes out the Bible and starts reading from the Bible. When was the last time you saw a comedian actually just like reading the Bible on stage? The Dr. Reverend Jelly Roll. Well, technically he's not a comedian. He's a reverend. So never mind. I never really saw him really get out the good book and read from the the good book. And I thought the um, Bible talked. I thought I thought he had a talking Bible. Yeah, that's um, but that's when it again the it depends first audio on the audio version. When he when he does when he does a live thing with a real audience, it's it's a slight it's a different show because he's more interactive, and he's actually you know healing people and talking to people and taking and people are like throwing questions at him and stuff like that. And he and so when that happens, he just grabs the you know, it depends. He either will read something from the Bible or he'll if he has a verse that's already in his brain, he'll bastardize it with the book. Right. I know. think CK was talking about the stuff that I always talked about of uh, the idea of turning water to wine, uh the Jesus, the the first miracle there. Uh, if people, if you know, a lot of people who aren't big fans of Jesus, that would make me a fan of it. You know, his first miracle yeah. was to save the party. Yeah, save, save the party. Yeah. He's like the guy who does the beer run, except he didn't have to yeah. do the beer run because he had yeah. he had magic to make it happen. Yeah. If that doesn't make uh, you love the guy, yeah. But if you're one of the other guys, if you're the guy who used to make, you're if you're the guy who was popular because you made the beer run, and all of a sudden there's this guy who just turns the shit into wine. Now you're oh, like yeah. pissed off because you're like, wait a minute, that was my thing. That was that happened to me in prison. Invite, right. That's the only reason why they invited me to the party was because I made the beer runs, and now you're here. Right. Oh no. Yeah. And then, and then Jesus, now and you're then here Jesus, doing Jesus better. Said, and the next line, Jesus says, "Look, Judas." Don't worry about it, man. We're good, right? We're good, Judas. Jesus, yeah, we're, good. we're, yeah, good, we're cool. Jesus, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, we're I'm cool. Get that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and yeah, now you That's what Judas said when he walked away. Yeah, like you're gonna yeah. be the new wine guy. Oh, okay. Well, wait yeah. a second. You're you're saying that people are worried that Jesus is gonna steal their gig? As they're <laughs> not people. Yeah, that's what, we're, we're saying that we're saying that Judas, we're, Judas's problem with Jesus is that he stole his winemaking job. His well, his yeah, beer, beer run. Yeah, that, that yeah, he, was popular he, back Judas then. was, was the, the beer run guy. Yeah. And then Jesus came in 
with his hoity-toity, oh, I can just I can just wabbo the wine, the water, and make wine. And yeah. that's what made Judas turn him in. That's yeah. right. Did you I, ever I see agree. Jesus Christ I, Superstar? I think, what it's in his song. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. It's right there. Judas t- yeah. lays it out, I man. Have, I have yeah. not seen that movie in so long. It's not a movie. It's a fucking documentary, man. Get your <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, was re- I was reading the comment by Kelly. What movie are we talking about? Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh. It's not a movie. It's a documentary. Willie, I thought you appreciate documentaries, but I guess not. I you know, love I documentaries. Want, My wife gets mad at me music. because I always try and watch them. Documentaries with banging music? Come on. Now, yeah. when you say Jesus Christ Superstar, it takes me back to my very first <clears throat> New Year's Eve on a decade change. 1970, New Year's Eve was the first time I was introduced to the music of uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm thinking how weird it was for me because to me, growing up, I was born in 1959. I obviously, when I turned 1960, I wasn't cognizant of it. 1970 was the first time I knew or I experienced a decade changing. And that was uh, really a weird time for me as, as a kid growing up. Like, wow. But I'm thinking about all of, how many times it's happened since, you know, and how, how old I am. But, um, I remember when it, when it came out and, like, I was thinking, like, because it was, I was playing chess with an older guy, chess master in the neighborhood <laughs> on New Year's Eve, and he was playing me for this music. And I was thinking, is this rock or is it religion? What What do you is it? Are you uh, are you becoming you uh, yeah, yeah a a holy roller or, or trying to indoctrinate me? <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. That's not what's happening if you're listening to Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, no, I, you know what? Uh, you say that now, but at the time, it did. The hippie movement was definitely turning to Christianity and through things like uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell. Really? And, yeah. and here. You think that helped conversion rates, really? Absolutely. Well, it got people out, out of focus on uh, peace, sex, and love, that kind of stuff. Into Right. Okay, uh, sure. Let, forget about the drugs. Let's just turn to Jesus as the drug. And, oh. and, and also, it was not just turning into, to, to, to Jesus, but helping your fellow man and stuff like that and stopping the cruelty, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, right. But uh, so I, I, my my first wife and I was separated, and I used to have visitation with my stepdaughter, and we used to watch. I love, I love musicals. I love musicals. And she and I were watching Hair. And... She was, and I was singing along, and she goes, Dad, how do you know all these words? I said, you know something? You should know the words, too. So I put it on closed caption so that we could both sing along. And she was learning the words to hair. And, and, and after that, she couldn't watch any shows without closed caption. For some reason, she became addicted to closed caption. And it annoyed the hell out of my ex-wife. Because when they'd watch TV together, my stepdaughter had to have closed caption on so that for the dialogue is just is just no just a word of caution for, a word of caution for people who will do that uh the beginning of the show does not say damn good cock and hot i just want to even though what? That, the captions will say where it says <laughs> damn good coffee and hot it says damn good cock and well, hot. that's because it's that's because it's hey. doing it live on television it doesn't do it live for much it's already in there you know, yeah, and that's one of the things. Yeah. Back, back it, just, it knows I'm here. 
It knows I'm here, and that's all it is. Closed caption, before they caught on to it, if a movie was, like, rated R, and it had, like, really bad words in it, but they were showing it on network television, the they you might say, like, the, the TV, the lips would go, like, motherfucker. The, the, they would dub in, <laughs> but they were dubbing motherfog porn. Yeah, no, motherfog yeah, yeah, something weird. But then yeah, the closed yeah, caption yeah. would still say motherfucker. Right. Oh, <laughs> what? Really? It, it did. It took them years to catch on to that. And wow, we were man. watching, you know, watching like, yeah. And we used to crack us up. And, my, oh, and Danielle man. would go, I, my, step, my oh. stepdaughter would go like, dad, don't they realize that? I said, no, they don't realize it yet. As soon as they figure it out, they're going to yeah. fix it everywhere. All right. I think we're done for today because uh, with, the, I, with with the song and everything, I, it will eat up the rest of this time and then I could go just die. And I don't mean I literally a, die. Go ahead. I have a question I need to bring up to you guys, though. Okay. All right. Uh, so, all right. So I found out that the local strip club here in Sioux Falls is doing a male amateur night. Okay. No, uh, they no, just for women that used to be men, but now they're just beginning, and so they're amateurs. No, 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 they're just like like for one night instead of ladies dancing at the club, they're gonna have men dance at the club, and it's a male amateur night, so any dude can sign up or whatever. Now I have no, there's no way I'd win, there's no way I'd place or whatever. However, I may possibly make more in tips than because I have a show that night in Sioux City. And I was thinking about uh, rescheduling that show so that I could go and shake my ass at the strip club and maybe make more money. <laughs> do you think that's should I do that or is that a bad idea? You think? I, oh, how I about know. this? How about this? How about doing your comedy thing, but dress and dance like you would at the amateur night? So just shake your shit, you know, for the for the comedy audience. I mean, it is at a place called Whiskey Dick, so it would probably fit in. I mean, uh, the show there's I no have way, is Whiskey there's Dick. There's no way so you can there, do both? No, because like, the towns are like an hour apart, and th th that was the first question somebody asked me is if I could do them both. Like, um, and I don't know. You know, I'll, maybe I should call Scarlet's or whatever, and and because I'm almost certain that I would make more in tips than I'll make on the fucking show that I do. Well, if it's so, all about look, if it's all about the money, take the money, do, do the money grab, do the show, you know. Well, the, the, it the, doesn't sound like either one of these are guaranteed money, and that that to me is no, of uh, course not. Yeah. Well, no, the the show, I'll make money on the show for sure. Like like I always get a portion of the door, but we're gonna split it uh, four ways. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I would go wherever the guaranteed money is. Uh, not. Uh, that's what I would do. I just and if yeah. the other thing is, I hate to. I've lost friendships over this, where somebody is uh, backed out of a a, um, a a gig because a better opportunity right. came up. You already booked this, dude. You're on this. Thing, yes. Yeah. Know? Thank you. You know what? That, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's what me. I needed yeah. to hear because I that's generally been my rule of thumb is is I don't I don't like to shift bookings or adjust bookings. Like when I book something, like that's what I'm doing that day. You right. know what I mean? Um, but like, dude, this has got to be at least the third or fourth time where I book something, and then, then like another thing that I want to do is like right at you know I find out right after, and it's always right after I book something. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, they're still attacking me on the Tom Segura reels that I put out. I just got another one just came in, just like three or four of them in the last couple of minutes here. Uh, so what that's going to encourage me to do is to put out some more Tom Segura reels today. Right, uh, of course. Uh, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why wouldn't I? No, you know, I never get hate mail. I've never gotten. I've never gotten an email. Matter of fact, I was so I was I was so convinced that my email for the show wasn't working that I used one of my other email accounts to email that email to make sure that I even had the email right or whatever. Well, we don't announce it. We don't announce it a lot. Bill, Bill, no, Will at, uh, Will, Will at, at, uh, in minddogtv.com, right? That's where it is. Yes. If you don't even know what it is. Yeah. It's Will at minddogtv.com. Yeah. It was more meant for, but even like, yeah, well, no, because like when I put out show stuff, when I when I invite people to the show, that's the email that I give them. But not one, not one fucking email have I gotten on our Mind Dog TV fucking email. And fucking no, I've gotten I've gotten hate mail, but it's nothing to do with this show. I don't. To be honest, I think my appearance <laughs> on this show is so like unnoticed that people don't even they don't just so it's like no, but. Out in the out in the Facebook world, when I I say things, I get uh, uh, hate mail. And the funny things, the ones that the really the ones that I think are really amusing are the ones that are that they they want to call me nigger. They really want to, but they won't say it. And so they call you me. Mean, all me. These, I, yeah. I get the emails you get from me. Yeah, yeah, and and they, <laughs> say, and they go and they go all the way around. They go like all this stuff, and I know what they want to say. Because all the other stuff is just isn't biting enough, and they keep trying to come back with another sentence that's more hurtful or something. Right. And I and I would just eventually I would just say to them, I said, "Look, just say it. You know what you want to call me. Just call me that. Get it out of your." I said, and first, I said, and just just so you know, if that is the best word you could, if that is the worst you can do, you'll never ever hurt me because I've heard that so right. many times. It's like, go ahead, I'll say it for you if it makes you feel better. All right, here's what I want to call you. Comedians who are funnier than Segura. Get out of town. You're I, I, I have town. nothing left to throw and break. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> See? Anyway, I just said goodbye to, uh, while, we, while I was playing that Tom Segura thing, say goodbye to PBM TV. Uh, still haven't heard from those people speaking of no email. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if it, if those people are real. Are they real? Are they all just bots. Are they all? Uh, who who did he say was a bot? Steve Harvey's a bot, right? That's what. That's I what didn't right. say that, but he could be. But uh, I no, know Corey, uh, I know Corey is real. Cat Williams. Corey, uh, yeah, Cat Williams said Steve Harvey was a bot. Oh, I know Corey Rosen is real because he we communicated and he actually responded. You know. But the rest of PBM TV, I don't know if they're real or not. Yeah, I, I don't know them. if they're real. I don't know. Like, I don't know. The only you, one we've seen is Corey. Maybe you would think the, people who all the voices yeah. over there. Yeah, maybe you would think people who are making music and trying to uh, get some exposure would take up anybody who wants to give them free exposure. But what do I know? I don't know anything about anything. I know about coffee. And I know I need some, so I'm going to. Oh, say- I just have a question. I guess I could ask this off the air. The the the, the posters on the choo choo trains. Yes. When will they be up? And because I, I don't know yet. Yeah, I think tonight is when they go. Uh, I think 
this weekend is when they go uh, live on the trains. I also think uh, I'm, I'm led to believe that the uh, the billboard, the digital billboard, will be up tonight. Um, but I I haven't followed up on that. I I will follow up. But I don't know. Only thing is, I want to I want to come up there to see those things. I don't want to spend yeah, like yeah. three days tracking them down. So like, if oh, well, I'll find out exactly yeah, where they're going to be. A be. Schedule. Um, yeah. I know they're going to be on the LII. L-I-R-R trains, uh, the Babylon line uh, train into or out of New York City that uh, like, I believe uh, uh, two million people use that train every single day to go in, in out, out to work. Uh, and the MTA line, which goes up to uh, Westchester County, is going to be on that train as well. And a, a couple of subway stations uh, it will you know, be up in. I'll find that exactly. I right. just I just want to take a picture if I can of myself with it in a either in the back. Yeah, of the, I just yeah. decide, exactly. I, I know. I mean, exactly. I mean, I have like a collection of like whenever I'm on a flyer someplace. Yeah, I have a collection of pictures of me with the flyer, or if my yeah. name is up in lights or whatever. And so it's just for me for when I die. Yeah, the posters are 64 inches high by uh, I think it's 36 wide. Uh, wow, so they, they're like paper posters? No, they're cardboard. Oh, you know, they're pretty, you know, pretty and they put like a steel one? I don't think so. If you do, don't you, steal our advertising. But yeah, first of all, I think <laughs> if you, if you even attempted to do that, the MTA. You don't, you would don't have think you, that would be yeah. like good advertising? It's like I get caught stealing it's on the news, it's like GD. Yeah, caught stealing his own face. It might get some news coverage or might not, but it also would right. let me in jail and with like fines and stuff to pay. And you don't want to And it would that. mean less people saw our right. ad. Let me tell you, I know from experience the MTA police are harder, uh, hard asses, worse than regular New York uh, NYPD blue. Well, yeah, they're overcompensating. Yeah, they're fucking. Um, they because they cop wannabes. They want. Yeah, they got kicked out of right. the force or never yeah, made it yeah. to the force, and so yeah, yeah like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pass police academy, and so they're yeah. doing this yeah, instead. So if, yeah, so if they if they approach me and I said, "Don't tase me, brother," said tase. Motherfucker, yes. <laughs> we weren't even thinking, <laughs> We don't set this to stun, we set this to Taze. kill. No, no, no. You're gonna, by the time we're done, you're going to wish we started with Taze. <laughs> Dude, uh, by the way, Matt, you can totally shock me with that with that thing you got. I totally want to I totally want to find out how... how I got you know, I had to, Yeah, like, I've asked people to hit me with a cow prod before, but people, people won't do it. Like, um, but, um, Matt, I do want to say Thank you for investing in the show in this way. Like, like it matters to me like a whole fucking lot, you know, because I know it seems silly to to some, especially to like New Yorkers and stuff like that. But like to me, it's an achievement to be involved in something that's big enough to advertise in such a way. So thank you for believing in us and believing in the show to invest in that way. Cause I know that's a big deal. Well, it's a big I, deal I, to me. And I want to, I'm suffering with a little bit of uh, not buyer's remorse, but doubt that it's really going to do it. And it, it was a lot of money to invest in this stuff. And so that, that's encouraging to hear that you're, you're excited about it because I'm thinking, why did I, I just fucking wasted money. That's not going to get us any new listeners or any of that kind of stuff. And it's Unless like, Willie tries to steal the poster. Well, part of, part of it, hey. I'm wondering if there's more, uh, uh, better ways to kind of 
you know, but it's definitely not with these fucking people who fucking put in these comments. Uh, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I'll be able to get bots, chat bots. What the fuck? Who needs a chat? Well, I'm definitely, I'm finding, I will do whatever I need to do. I'm finding a way to get to New York because there's, because here's the other thing about it that, that I know, okay? I would be a moron to not get myself in the New York area soon. Because if my fucking face is going to be on stuff or whatever, then my fucking body should be there too. Because that's going to encourage people to, hey, that's that dude I saw on that fucking ad. You know what I mean? Like, like that ad alone could literally render other stuff. Like, But I got to be present. I got to be available. Yeah, you know. What I'm, I mean? I'm also I know I'm uh, struggling with the idea of how to pitch this, but there are PR stuff where you can get on these local news programs. We, you know, cable news, cable te- uh, news twelve is a big thing here on Long Island. Uh, yeah. uh, news one on FiOS, which is Verizon, uh, but all those local news stations, there is some interest in, in what we do here as far as highlighting it on a, a segment like that. Yeah. But how to pitch that stuff? I, if, if, you know, I could use some help with yeah. that. But uh, yeah, if you guys are going to be here and uh, I can figure out a way to get that to happen, that would. As soon as I know, I, I, right? I don't have a problem making a trip up to 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 New York for to to, to show on the other thing. There. I was thinking, I, I you know, in my buyer's remorse state, is when, that, is this is this a fever thought, that, or is this is this a thought that you wouldn't have if you didn't have a fever, or is this a thought that no, you, it was last night actually. So oh, yeah, okay, but green I was salt, it might have been salt. harder to wait till the weather was was more conducive because when people when it's fucking freezing out and blizzarding out, people ain't look. They're just head down, moving as fast as they can to get, it, and nobody's looking at any fucking advertising or any of that kind of stuff. You know, live and learn. Though I got to stop. The money is spent, and I got to stop worrying about it. That's the problem. I don't. I, I can't be, get caught up in this uh, buyer's remorse nonsense. It's gone. Right. No, yeah. hope the best. It's done now. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> done now. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother kicking you guys out of the room. I'm just going to say goodbye for now and tell people to turn on their radio and uh, okay. see, you, see you next week. Uh, don't panic if there well, are no I'm just going to urinate here then because I, I can't. That's fine. <laughs> I was waiting for you to take me off the air, but go ahead. Yeah. All right. See, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.